Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, called Stand Firm in Truth. You are called 14, through our gospel that you may gain the glory, the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So then, brethren, in light of this, what should we do? If that's true, if that's who we are, if that's where we're headed, what should we do now? Because it was tough to be a Christian in Thessalonica, just like it is in much of the world today. So then, brethren, don't, you could say, be unsettled, Rather, stand firm. Some of you need to mark that. Stand firm. That means persevere, persist, and hold to the traditions, I'll explain in a moment, which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. Reference in your notes there or in your margin, chapter 2, verse 2, because that's where Paul talks about don't be quickly shaken either by a spirit or a message or a letter, as if from us. Make sure that when you are grounding yourself in something, it is from us, whether it is oral or whether it is a letter, like 1 Thessalonians, for example. The traditions that you were taught. What do we do with this idea of tradition? Well, the NIV actually has it this way. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth, or by letter. Now, as the New Testament times unfolded, the apostles' doctrine was shaped orally before it was written. For example, in Acts 2.42, the church was constantly uh, giving themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to prayer, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, Acts 2.42. In the early days of the, the church, the apostles' doctrine was communicated orally, that is, it was spoken by the mouth. Before the New Testament was written down, the earliest New Testament books, conservative scholars would say, are AD 49 or 50. That's a good 20 years, maybe 17 to 20 years after the events of the death, resurrection, and ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the church had oral teachings that were passed along to the early churches that were being established, the early believers, called, you could say, the Apostles' Doctrine, then put in letters which we now possess. That word, traditions there, if you have a New American Standard, is a word, para, P-A-R-A, dosis, D-O-S-I-S, paradosis. It is a transmission, the word for tradition or teaching, it is a giving over. It is that which is delivered or the substance of a teaching. It has the idea of receiving and delivering. The essential thing, reading from my notes, that is handed on by one to another is that which is received in the first place from God. It is received from God and delivered to the people. This is the word for tradition. It stands for all Christian teaching, oral or written. The prominent idea of paradosis, says one author, is that of an, an authority external to the teacher. That is, he receives it from outside his self, 
himself says Lightfoot. Milligan points out that the word is used in the inscriptions of treasure lists and inventories, the articles enumerated being handed over to another person. Tradition is the transmission of truth from one party to another. And it is not something that is outside of biblical truth. Because here's where we've gotten some debate in some circles, I'll just put it out there, between evangelical Christianity, Roman Catholicism, Greek Orthodoxy, and you could probably add others to the list, where some people argue that there's tradition that should be on par with Scripture. Let me just give you a simple test, because I'm not saying that all tradition in that sense is bad, like how your mama taught you to cook the turkey and all that kind of stuff. Here's, here's what I'm saying. This tradition is biblical transmission, truth from God to us. And if a tradition, please hear what I'm going to say, because this is the simple test, contradicts the word of God, then chuck the tradition. It is not that complicated. If a movement says this tradition should be elevated above the word of God, you test everything in light of the word of God. And if a tradition is not in keeping with the word of God, then it is not to be embraced. It is rather to be discarded. So whatever authority sits there and makes a proclamation and says, well, this is, this is what the Holy Spirit's saying or this is what God is saying. And I go to a Bible verse and I say, well, the Bible actually says just the opposite of what you just said then I'm going to go with the book, the Word of God, and not the man. Everybody with me? This is a simple test. But this word for tradition is not that sense that it would be something passed along from a human uh, uh, source. Rather, Paul is talking about tradition that has to do with the Word of God. It's been pointed out by Dunn that there are three types of tradition in Paul. And again, I know this is getting a little bit technical, but this is important. Charismatic, that's tradition concerning the gospel. Church tradition, that would be practices within the church. And ethical tradition, that is teachings that have to do with Christian behavior. I'm going to give you a couple quick examples. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, just past uh, Romans where we just were, 1 Corinthians 11. And let me just show you a couple places where you're going to see these examples. Let me give you an example of church tradition, and let me show you these ideas of transmission. 1 Corinthians 11.23. For I received, says Paul, from the Lord, that which I also delivered to you. So paradosis is received from the divine source. Here it has to do with the Lord's Supper. We've read this many, many times. It's received by Paul and given to the people. What I received from the Lord, that I delivered to you. And then he says, on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, he said, this is my body. So that's a practice that the church has. We practice communion because Paul, and of course the Lord Jesus spoke this as well, received that teaching and passed it to us. That's why we take communion here in the church. Go over to 1 Corinthians 15. Now notice received and uh, delivered is within 1 Corinthians 15. It has to do with the uh, long chapter on the resurrection, but here specifically about the gospel. Here's a 
gospel-centered tradition, I make known to you, 1 Corinthians 15, 1, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received and which you also stand, by which also you are saved if you hold fast the word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. Here's the transmission language. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Again, the key words are delivered and received that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And then he goes on with multiple appearances that the Lord made. Here's my point. Paradosis, the word for tradition here, is biblical truth handed, in this case, to Paul and delivered then to the church. And as you walk it out to us. Amen? And so this is the idea. And it is really truth has been handed down. Turn back to 2 Thessalonians. This is John MacArthur. He says, The concept of tradition has been loaded down with a lot of cultural and ecclesiastical baggage over the centuries. But Paul does not have in mind a body of extra-biblical tradition that is equal to God's revelation in Scripture. In fact, the Bible condemns such human tradition. The Greek, the Greek word translated traditions literally means things handed down and refers to divine revelation, close quote. And one other author says it seems likely that we are to see verse 15 in terms of the broader context of chapter 2, then we probably have a reference specifically to traditions that have to do with the day of the Lord or the return of Christ. And so Paul is specifically dealing probably with the context here as it relates to teaching about the day of the Lord. He got the truth and he delivered it to the people and that's what we are to be anchored in. Traditions is a word, Leon Morris, that points to the fact that the Christian message is essentially derivative. It does not originate in people's fertile imagination, but rests on the facts of the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Paul came into Thessalonica, he went into the synagogue, and for three Sabbaths, he reasoned with them from the Bible, from the Scriptures. He was giving evidence that Jesus is the Christ. This is what we do as a church. We don't have to make up anything. We got plenty right here. It's not the verses in the Bible that I don't understand that trouble me. It's the ones that I do understand. Because, hey, living out this by the power of the Holy Spirit is what we're called to do. There's power in God's Word to produce. These facts are settled and the church's job is to guard the gospel. The church of the living God, 1 Timothy 3.15, is the pillar and support of the truth. Guard the treasure that's been entrusted to you, Paul says to Timothy. The church's job is not to bunt when it should take a full swing. It is not to compromise when the winds of culture blow as they will in every generation. The church says, no, we guard the truth. We pass along what's been handed to us with no variation. We don't change it. We don't add to it. We don't take away from it. We don't apologize for it. We pass along the transmission of truth from one generation to the next. God forbid that we would be derelict in those duties. God forbid that. And yet we see it all over the landscape where there's compromise everywhere. And for what? Because one generation says, well, maybe the Bible's not right about this or not right about that. No, the Bible's right. And it ain't going to change. And when we start to make adjustments because the winds of the culture blow, 
to and fro, we're in trouble. And by the way, God is going to hold us accountable. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. I'm Rob Newton, Program Director for Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. I've been working with this ministry for nearly three years. I have to tell you, I'm so blessed the Lord has connected me with Pastor Michael and the entire staff at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. I've worked with quite a few ministries, and I'm going to be honest with you, I can be skeptical. Well, if I'm really honest, judgmental right off the bat because of my past experiences working with other ministries. I'd think, okay, they seem kind and loving. Let's see how long this lasts. Anyway, the point I'm making is that Pastor Michael and the entire staff, and I mean the entire staff, are wonderful people. Did you know before we end a staff meeting with prayer, we end it with making a list of people who need or are asking for prayer and pray for them too. I can go on and on about the staff, but time's ticking away. If you've been listening for some time, I want to let you know from my experience, Pastor Michael is a good man. He cares about the mission the Lord has placed before him. He loves his church, and he loves you. Why else would he speak the truth even when you don't want to hear it? This podcast exists because of him and the Lord's gift to him. We would love to expand this ministry to be on more radio stations, and we need your help to do it. Before we can add a radio station, we need our largest radio station airtime bill to be completely funded by listeners like you. That price per year is $44,500 a year. Now let's get transparent. Walk in Truth has been on the air since 2012, thanks to our church. Last year, 16 listeners outside our church collectively gave nearly $1,500. We were so grateful and excited to see growth. I mean, really excited. This year, in all its uncertainty, has surprised us and given us so much hope. So far, 191 listeners have collectively given nearly $11,000. It's amazing, right? We would love your help and support to raise the remaining $33,500. Monthly partnership is what we need. Can you commit to giving at least $1 a month? We have a lot of podcast listeners, and if even half commit between $1 and $5, we will make our goal. If everyone thinks, well, others will give that $1 a month, I don't need to then most won't give. Your monthly partnership is needed. If you're a new listener, please only help by praying for our ministry and its mission to equip people with God's truth. But if you've listened for some time and you're starting to see Walk in Truth as I do, please commit to giving $1 to $5 a month. Or if you're already a monthly partner, upping your gift by $5. Please visit walkintruth.com today to give your tax-deductible donation. That's walkintruth.com. And thank you. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. When the winds of culture blow as they will in every generation, the church says, no, we guard the truth. We pass along what's been handed to us with no variation. We don't change it. We don't add to it. We don't take away from it. We don't apologize for it. We pass along the transmission of truth from one generation to the next. God forbid that we would be derelict in those duties. God forbid that. And yet we see it all over the landscape where there's compromise everywhere. And for what? Because one generation says, well, maybe the Bible's not right about this or not right about that. No, the Bible's right. And it ain't going to change. And when we start to make adjustments because the winds of the culture blow to and fro, we're in trouble. And by the way, God is going to hold us accountable. Don't back down, brethren. Hold fast to the teachings. Do it with love. Do it with gentleness. Do it with respect. But don't, don't, Compromise. 
See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, Colossians 2.8, according to the elementary principles of the world rather than according to Christ. The Lord said, Isaiah 29.13, because this people draw near with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts from me and their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. God doesn't want that. He doesn't want some rehearsed speech He wants a relationship with you. If you're in a situation right now where you say the same thing just to get by the obligatory prayer before the meal, you better go back and check your relationship. Amen? Because that's not what God wants. Can you imagine if you had a a relationship with someone and every time you talked to them, they said the same three sentences to you the the same way? Good to see you today. Uh, Hope you have a great day. Bless the world. Amen. See ya. And then next time you see him, hope you have a great day. Good to see you. Uh, Bless the world. Amen. You'd you'd say, what are you, a robot? What's wrong with you? Can we talk about the weather or something? (laughs) Is everybody with me? God wants our heart. He's not looking for our traditions or our rote memorization of different things that we can produce in a moment's notice. Jesus says, "You, you... You know, they said, oh, your disciples, they don't do the ceremonial cleansing of their hands and you transgress their tradition of the elders. And Jesus says, why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Why do you do that? You make excuses for the things you tell the people and you forsake the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You can write down Matthew 15, 1 through 9. I remember, you know, when I first started reading the Bible, I was shocked with what was in it. (laughs) Anybody been there before? When I started actually reading the Bible for myself, I'd heard what everybody else said was in there. And then I started reading it for myself and I was like, whoa, that's the opposite of what I heard. That's the opposite of what I was taught. (laughs) I think I better read this book a little bit more. And boy, I took a highlighter and a pen out and I just started reading. (laughs) And some of you can completely, this is where you are right now. You're like discovering what, Jesus is actually about what the Word of God says. It's awesome. Stand firm in the truth. Closing prayer. Now, this is, uh, you could say, a benediction or a prayer for the people. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself, Jesus is in the emphatic position here in the Greek, and God our Father. This is, this is rare, but Jesus is before God our Father. And just to save you time, scholars would say this is just another evidence that Jesus is God and one with the Father. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word. Father, thank you that the love that you have for your people brings us eternal comfort. The word, the name Nehemiah means Yahweh comforts. And Nehemiah looked at a broken Jerusalem. The walls had been laying in rubble. It seemed like people were just passing by the mess and not trying to do anything about it. And a man named Nehemiah went back to rebuild. A great leader in our Bibles. And his name beautifully means Yahweh comforts. You are the God of all comfort. You're the God of hope, the God of peace. 
and you bring your people eternal consolation. It's not temporal. It's not temporary. It's eternal. We have an eternal hope way beyond what we see now, whether times are wonderful and great or whether times are tough and difficult. We have comfort in the Lord. We have a hope that is the anchor of our souls. And even when it gets stormy, you anchor us to that hope, Lord. And we are so grateful that you loved us, that you chose us, that you're sanctifying us, that when that gospel went out, we were able to receive a gift that is a free gift. We didn't earn it or deserve, deserve it. We just simply received it. For it's by grace that we have been saved through faith. And it's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not by works so that no one can boast, but we are your workmanship. And we've been created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Oh, Lord, equip us for every good work and word. Give us that hope. Renew and refresh your people. These have been interesting and difficult months. There's so many things I could name right now that have been tough, but you are the constant. Be still and know. I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Do you take a Selah moment? That's what the Psalms say, a moment just to ponder and just pause. Meditate on God's truth. Receive it for yourself. If you're not a Christian today, our prayer for you is that you'd open your heart. Just keep your head and heart bowed. Just say, Lord Jesus, if, the, if it's you and you've not settled it, man, I've heard the call. And I open my heart to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Please grant me that gift of salvation. I repent of my sin. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you've called me and chosen me. Thank you that I'm in your family. Would you help me to walk with you, Lord, and trust you? Some of you who are believers today, maybe you've been wayward. That would be a great prayer. Just, Lord, help me to walk with you and trust you. And then, Lord, for this beautiful, wonderful congregation, thank you for their faithfulness to the gospel. They're fighting the good fight of faith in our generation. May we be found faithful on that day. We love you, and we ask your blessing in Jesus' name. You've been listening to Stand Firm in Truth, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Remember, Walk in Truth is on podcast apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Stitcher, and many more. So you can listen to Pastor Michael's teaching whenever you want. If you're already listening to Walk in Truth on Apple Podcast, please give the podcast a rating. The more good ratings, the greater the possibility that new listeners will find the podcast. Thanks for rating Walk in Truth. And remember, if you haven't already done it, search and subscribe to Walk in Truth wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael. I love the image of standing firm in the truth, holding your ground, almost like a, a lineman in football who 
takes a blow and says, man, I'm not backing down. I'm not backing off. I'm going to protect my quarterback. Well, you know, we need to protect the truth. The truth has been entrusted to the church. I mentioned 1 Timothy 3.15 in one of these messages. The church of the living God is the pillar and support of the truth. What an honor. What a blessed um, job that we've been given, responsibility really, to stand firm in the truth and to pass it along because it is that truth that sets people free. Well, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, and what a blessed time to remember all that we should be thankful for. And you know, even though there's a lot not to be thankful for in 2020, and I know there's a bummer list that we probably all have, but you know what? We have a lot of things to be grateful for. And uh, tomorrow, whatever your plan may be, as you gather, would you pause And maybe just go down a list of things that you're thankful for. You know, Thanksgiving can turn your heart and your attitude all around. It can remove grumpiness. It can lift your spirits. And it can help you focus on what you do have instead of what you don't have. Well, we're going to be looking at a message called Full Speed Ahead tomorrow. But I pray that you'll have a blessed evening and we'll see you right here. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your tax-deductible donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner, too. $10 a month is greatly needed, so visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, called Full Speed Ahead. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.